0: Digital Marketing Radio, Episode 89, Selecting Images for Websites.
1: DigitalMarketingRadio.com
0: David Gillespie is in the house, and David, welcome to DMR.
1: Thank you, David. It's great to be here. Hi, everybody.
0: Well, are you sitting comfortably?
1: I'm very, very comfortable. I have some water to swig from. It's uh, ready to go. Well, let's begin. The Big Interview with David Bain (laughs)
0: David is CMO of Image Brief, where brands, publishers, and agencies find the right shot and hire photographers. So, David, the quality of photos is obviously important for websites, but a lot of websites don't really necessarily get it right or even see the true value of mm. using a professional photographer. Um, would you say it's actually... Really, that important to actually be using a professional photographer for your shots on your website? Um,
1: I mean, you know, when you consider the source, I'm, I'm biased, of course, but I mean, absolutely. You know, I, um, you know, I, I'm the son of a photographer, so certainly grown up around kind of great photography. Um, you know, my, my childhood was documented with uh, quite the keen eye um, by my dad. Um, but, you know, I think that the the work that we do in the clients that that we have, um, you know, definitely kind of uh, recognize the importance of photography in the right shot, and it varies wildly from client to client. We I mean, work across, I main kind of, segments are, uh, you know, brands, uh, publishers, and agencies, and kind of, within those segments, people have very different needs. You know, on the brand side, it can be brand libraries and kind of internal marketing materials. On the agency side, and advertising agencies, specifically, obviously, it's kind of, High-quality campaign imagery, and then publishers. We have a lot of editorial clients and a lot of um, you know uh, book clients, who, people who are publishing. You know, need need covers for books and that sort of thing. And, and there we've done everything from, you know, working with Condé Nast Traveler regularly to the cover of the last John Grisham novel. So, um, I would say the need varies wildly um, depending on the type of client, um, but the the desire for quality photography. Um, and, uh, you know has never been you know, stronger I think that the, the key place that we've really found um, that we can play is kind of almost um, you know I was going to say in opposition to the existing stock sites maybe opposition is not the right word because they certainly serve in these you know Getty images Shutterstock, stock those sorts of sites um, the way that we've gone about building kind of the content that we have, is kind of working uh, more directly with the photographers rather than building a library of our own. The photographer is always going to have the right to say yes or no to a certain sale, and what that's meant is that we've been able to get access to really kind of candid, authentic shots that haven't been taken necessarily originally for commercial purposes, but have been taken um, out of a love for photography. Um, and again, unbiased, but we you know I really believe that it shows in the type of content that, that um, that's out there
0: okay and you're c m o of image brief um imagebrief dot com um so obviously you deal in photography do do you just deal in um, single shot agreements of unique photographs um or do you actually um offer the same photograph sometimes to multiple different clients
1: sure so i mean it it depends every um every shot that's, that's um that gets uploaded um, gets uploaded in response to a brief that's come from one of our clients um and sometimes it'll be a royalty-free brief, so a photographer will submit a shot and, and they'll sell that, um, but then also you know, they'll have the ability to sell that to you know, someone else if, if a similar brief comes along. Um, or it'll be kind of a, a rights-managed brief where um, the client chooses to purchase that image exclusively for a set period of time. So um, I wouldn't say it's kind of one or the other. It really depends kind of what that client request is. Um, how specific the type of shot is and, and all the rest of that you know um, we might work with some more generic travel clients who just are like, "Oh, we need a shot of of New York City or we need a shot of, of Sydney or, or London and um, maybe kind of it being kind of particular is not so is not so, so much of a problem um, and then we might get uh, you know we had an instance last year of um, of a client needing uh, a shot. Of kind of a very specific restaurant in Tel Aviv. It wasn't a famous restaurant; it was just kind of a neighborhood eatery. Um, and so, you know, in in that kind of case, um, tends to be kind of more exclusive. Um, but um, I mean, it would vary wildly, you know, and very much on a case by case basis.
0: Okay, and. Um... You're talking about images that are used in lots of different places. There, like um, like books and offline publications as well. Um, are Certainly. your services still used though um, online for a lot of websites?
1: Oh, absolutely. I would say the the bulk of our um, of our <coughs> excuse me the bulk of our, our work would be um, kind of work that winds up uh, or selling images that wind up kind of online or at least kind of part of where the agencies are concerned, integrated campaigns. So. Um, we did a project with EasyJet um, last year where it kind of, you know the shop was kind of used online for display banners and, and that sort of thing on, on the client's website, but then also wound up kind of being on the side, side of a bus driving around kind of London. So, um, the, again, it's really driven by what the specific need is for, um, for a given client, and, and it runs the gamut from an image kind of being used for a post on a Facebook feed through to, uh, you know, big billboards on the sides of highways.
0: Okay, and I guess it's really important to consider things like uh, a brand's values and, and mission before actually selecting images. Is that the kind of conversation that you have with clients, potential clients, before um, recommending different images?
1: I mean, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, something that we see in our longer-term clients is um, once we've kind of been on board with, with the brands, um, you know, we, in a particular, our photo editors have a much better idea of what they're, they're looking for. So, wherever a shot that comes in uh, gets reviewed before it goes in front of a client to make sure that it's on brief and on brand and really suits um, suits what they're looking for. Uh, initially, the way we do that is, is the initial brief that goes out from our client to our photographers um, will have, you know, kind of a natural language description of, of what they're looking for. Um, but You can also upload reference material, and that might be a previous campaign, it might be brand guidelines. It might be a certain shot that they've fallen in love with, but can't use for some reason. Um, So you know, we we tend to work quite closely with um, agencies and brands to make sure that um, you know the nuances of the brand, the detail, be it colour palettes, be it certain ways that people appear in the shots, are really really on point. Um, I mean, that's really I think the again the kind of the difference that Image Brief can can make in the market where. We're able to kind of go to photographers who are mining their hard drives for shots that are just kind of sitting there. Nine times out of ten, that shot exists somewhere in the world. It's just a case of of finding it and, you know, doing that instead of going and producing a very expensive um, shoot out in the real world um, is a huge plus.
0: And what if you're um, a reasonably small business? Obviously, you're talking about agencies there as well. So if you're a fairly small business with a bit of a limited budget, is it still worthwhile investing in a professional photographer? Or do you think um, they're... Are times where you know, perhaps using just um, something as simple as a decent smartphone um, could be sufficient, or do you think maybe just for for the home page to create that iconic, unique image for their business, it's it's better off employing some sort of professional photographer.
1: You know, I think that um, I think it it is it is fair to say it's so much on a case by case basis, um, and I think it really depends what a given business is is trying to do. Um, you know, I mean, if you are the kind of, if you're the one coffee shop in a, in a certain town, um, then, you know, you can probably get by with um, uh, the imagery kind of not being exclusive or not being kind of as high quality. You kind of have a captive audience in that, that <laughs> instance. Um, versus if you're in a, a big town that's competing with Starbucks and all the rest of that, um, you know, you don't want the same imagery to show up on your site as theirs and, and vice versa. I think that you know, there's the age, age old adage that perception is reality and I think that we're, these days, a, you know, a more um, visually, lit, visually literate um, uh, group of people than, than ever before. Um, and I think that if you look at the tools that young people are, are using coming up, you know, Snapchat being the, the obvious one, but Instagram's been huge, um, <clears throat> and a couple of other services that are just starting to emerge, the, you know, the, the generation coming up are communicating in a way that is so predominantly visual and so visually led um, that I think it, it kind of behooves those of us who are in the, in the ability to kind of affect the direction um, and the identity of the businesses that we're working in and with, um, to really kind of take imagery seriously um, and really make sure that each shot that you have representing you is, is very considered. That doesn't have to be spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars at at a time, Um, but I think it is worth investing um, at at least your own kind of time and energy in in ensuring that the right shot is on brand and is conveying the message you want to, to regardless of the size of your business.
0: Okay, um, so if a business has decided to go for, you know, a decent, professional, unique shot for mm-hmm. the homepage of their site, um, to have that perhaps as the backdrop with some kind of call to action within that image, but obviously mm-hmm. that's an important visual element within the homepage. Um, what are a few uh, tips to actually look for in selecting a decent image? I know, I know it's... um it's different depending upon each business, but is it important to have things like um, your brand colors within there? Um, mm. What about your target audience? Should you actually have um, people within your image who perhaps represent the, the the kind of people that you're trying to sell to?
1: Certainly. Um, you know, I think that it can depend so much, uh, as you say, kind of business to business. Um, you know, if it's a, if it's a florist, you, you know, the, the actual people kind of putting the bouquets together perhaps not as important as the quality of the flowers and themselves and, um, versus if it's more of a professional services offering, then, you know, clearly you're going to want really good quality photos of the people who are kind of there representing, um, the business. I, I don't know that it's necessarily a, a one size kind of fits all, but I think I would, would encourage people to kind of consider the segment that they're in and the audience, um, that um that they're trying to cater to um you know another another thing i kind of encourage people to do is is also i mean look at the competitors that that they have um and there's an opportunity to kind of emulate or do something kind of drastically different in order to kind of prove a point of difference um so you know you may find that you're in a segment which is um kind of where visuals kind of tend to go in in a certain certain fashion or people do tend to have their brand colors run all the way through, and maybe there's an opportunity to go in the opposite direction of that. Maybe it's a stark color palette, maybe it's black and white, um, in order to convey a, a different kind of aesthetic. I think, really, I mean, I think it just needs to come back to kind of what is the business, what is the brand, and kind of what are the things that are that are true for you, and, and then kind of work back from there in terms of what you're trying to convey. I think falling in love with a, with a certain image or a certain style to begin with, is it can be kind of kind of a, a futile exercise that like you really just need to kind of you know start with it
0: yeah I'm, I'm always concerned with a business falling in love with them um, a design or a strap line or, or an image because of course um at the end of the day it's the customer that matters and even mm-hmm if it's even if you're working within your business or it's your business and you like what it is visually um, and it's not converting it's not the right thing to do um 100%. So, uh, have you ever been involved with um user testing or maybe split testing to actually decide on which image to go for in the end
1: yeah absolutely i mean you know it's something that, that we do a lot um in you know in image brief in terms of the the landing pages we have our campaigns um running to so, you know, we're routinely um, testing copy. Um, we're, you know, testing the imagery that goes along with with it. To, <coughs> excuse me, to see how they play together, how they don't play together. Um, you know, we're in a in a a constant um, state of of evolution. There was this great Jeff Bezos um, quote that I saw the other day, where he said, "We are stubborn on vision and flexible on details." Um, and that's, that's really something that I've, I've tried to kind of apply to, you know, you know, the work that I'm doing and the work that my team is doing every day. It's, you know, this is our intent. This is our objective. You know, how we achieve it, I don't mind. You know, as long as we kind of keep kind of, you know, achieving the goals that, that we've, we've told the organization we can hit, then, you know, I'm really not too worried about how we go about
0: that that's a nice quote actually and um how you um explained it as well because um it really is important to to have that vision in terms of where you want to go as a business um mm. but how you how you get there isn't necessarily that important and yeah. um yeah it's good to emphasize that
1: yeah absolutely you know and i mean going back to um you know you you, you know we talked before about just kind of the, the kind of imagery that might kind of sit on a, on a given site um mm-hmm. You know, I've seen a few instances instances recently uh, where we might have sold you know some really nice imagery to to businesses and put them online, and only to find out that their product photography just wasn't up to scratch. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that um, one thing that I would really just encourage people to do is just not to skimp on the core thing that that is their business. You know, and and you know, for for us, you know, while we've built out a platform, that, you know. Our product isn't um, you know, a website, our product is, is the is the end photography that we're selling. And so that's where the bulk of our efforts go in ensuring that that offering is just kind of really quality. And I think that, you know, something that certainly happens in the technology space, but I've also had clients before, where they kind of forget what business they're, they're really in, you know. We're not a technology business, even though kind of people interact with us via technology. We are a photography business um you know and that's something that we really need to make sure we don't lose sight
0: of okay and um obviously sharing images online is becoming increasingly popular Um it's obviously really popular on facebook but you've got um, um specific social networks like pinterest and uh, instagram and, mm. and you can share on twitter as well um would you say there are is any particular trend at the moment with businesses starting to focus on one particular social network to share images or does that again depend on the type of business you're talking <clears> about um,
1: you know, I would say even more than the type of business, it, it really depends on the, uh, you know, on the, the type of person um, and kind of and the behavior they're kind of likely to exhibit. You know, I, I mean, a really great example that's very close to home for us is um, <clears throat> is that, you know our agency clients and our brand clients tend to use Pinterest for um, creating mood boards for. Kind of getting together, kind of a campaign aesthetic or a certain style and that sort of thing, um, and so there's been a lot of debate, kind of internally, uh, about okay, is you know Pinterest a place where we should be kind of investing more more time and effort, and you know what are the ramifications there in terms of security of the photography and, and that sort of thing? Because obviously you know, we we want to make sure that we're always making sure that um, the photographers, you know, assets and their, their shots are protected. Um, you know, for for me personally. Um, you know, we've opted to not kind of invest in in Pinterest as a platform to go after kind of our audience because I don't necessarily believe that the frame of mind someone is in when they're on Pinterest is one where they're kind of receptive to a certain message. So I would say rather than saying we're going to share images on Instagram or we're going to pursue Facebook or we're going to pursue Pinterest, for me, it really comes back to, what are the behaviors that my audience kind of exhibits and where you know, what is the environment or the platform where they're most likely to be receptive to my message? Um, you know, we found Facebook to be a, a fantastic um, channel for us for photographer acquisition um, rather than, um, more dedicated image platforms such as Instagram. Now we certainly have a presence on Instagram and we're growing that presence. Um, but it hasn't nearly driven the um the acquisition that uh you might think it would whereas facebook has has been phenomenal for
0: us that's incredible, yeah I mean y- you would think that something like pinterest um is, is 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 likely to be better than Facebook for images, but um i I guess it depends on your target audience and and perhaps also the the kind of social network that you like um interacting on as well because um if you're more comfortable with that, then you're probably going to interact with people um in a, in a better more natural way um, I guess yeah
1: absolutely and you know and, and something that, that we don't talk about much um, is Google+ which is um, incredibly popular among photographers um, and it's something somewhere that I mean candidly I don't think we've spent nearly enough time kind of investing in and, and working with but um, you know and that's just a great example where it's a it's a social network that's most of the marketing world have kind of left for dead, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. But if you're in a, in a photography business, it can't be ignored. And so I think part of that is just kind of really getting in to understand the person you're trying to talk to and trying to reach um, because there are these pockets of, of the web um, and perhaps, you know, much smaller than Google plus plus was bigger than Google plus. Um, there are these communities out there that you kind of, that are just sitting below the surface and it's worth taking the time just to kind of dig around and, Talk to your consumers and your customers and find out where they are spending time because you might find these nuggets of gold out there that nobody else is looking at.
0: Well, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing in general has been and um, where it's heading. So starting off with...
1: Software I couldn't live without.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What software do you currently use in your business? If someone took away from you, it would significantly (laughs) impact your marketing success.
1: Anyway, I love the sound bites. I, I want to, more of them, not less. I don't know if they're um, too cheesy
0: or they're they're, they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Comments, please. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I uh, you know I basically work solely. I, I do a lot, obviously a lot of writing in in my role, and I basically live solely within Evernote now. Um, you know that I really couldn't live without and um, be kicking and screaming if it went away. Um we've recently started working with a tool called optimizely, which is a a relatively straightforward way of being able to AB test, um, different elements of your site. So copy imagery, um, that sort of thing. And you can segment that based on someone coming from a Google search versus somebody coming from a Facebook ad and that sort of thing and be driving them to the same place, but displaying different content relatively easily. Um, and we're, we're in early days with that, but, um, really enjoying it Um, and the third thing I would say is purely from a uh, a, not from a uh, a a visual point of view not from photography necessarily but just when we're looking at different designs and different campaigns we want to um, produce there's a great platform called envision which uh, has really kind of streamlined workflow in terms of being able to comment on work um, being able to suggest edits and that sort of thing and it's, it's a very simple interface and image will come up You can click somewhere on it, put a comment in, and that'll just kind of leave a marker for the designer to to know that that's where a comment's been made. And it's really kind of streamlined communication for us.
0: Okay, great. Well, thanks for those recommendations. Um, I will include links to all of them inside the Digital Marketing Radio newsletter. So digitalmarketingradio.com and um, just sign up for the newsletter and um, I will send that out um, as an email shot. But moving on to... I wish I would have. Um, I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently?
1: Oh, David, I'm kind of um, giving away my age here. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, we're going back <laughs> going back a decade. Um, That's not too far. That's right, I suppose it depends, yeah. Um, well, you know, I think that... One thing that I didn't do well, and you know what I think didn't do well for a number of years, it it took a while for this lesson to kind of sink in, is um, uh, I did not not invest enough time and energy. And this is coming back from that day I was was, uh, on the agency side of things. I did not invest enough time in really kind of taking clients along for for the journey so i um, I've learned over time the kind of the magic of, of storytelling and kind of taking a more collaborative approach um, with the work that I was doing and I, you know purely from an, an agency point of view and I suppose from a um, kind of building equity with kind of colleagues and clients um, I found you know the more involved people kind of feel in a a process, the more likely they are to kind of find the outcome agreeable. Um, And I I suppose it's kind of, for me, it's been less about um, less about kind of a a specific kind of tactic or platform or movement that I missed or anything like that. And it's really just been, uh, I suppose, as a communications professional, being a better communicator um and when i when i managed to do that the results have kind of spoken for themselves
0: interesting Uh, so do you think that in the past you maybe had too much of a one-size-fits-all approach and um you perhaps didn't listen enough to your clients then or or were you actually delivering that bespoke solution but you just weren't involving them enough
1: i think very very much the latter i i uh i kind of took the approach that. Well, you've kind of brought me in to solve a problem and I'll go away and solve the problem and you kind of come back in two weeks and you go, Oh, problem solved. And I think when people see that, they're like technically yes, but what they don't kind of see is kind of the two weeks of of kind of deliberation and ideas that that kind of were tossed out and all the rest of it. And it can seem uh it can seem almost kind of flippant or arbitrary as mm-hmm. opposed to kind of taking people along that journey. Um you know, and I think that um, while that 's kind of been true of my professional life, I think you also see that in uh you know certain campaign work or certain communication pieces, and perhaps it bleeds a little bit more into p r and that sort of thing um, But I find kind of not just involving stakeholders but you know involving consumers and you know and for us at image brief, we work very closely with our community, we involve our photographers, and we involve our our buyers in kind of the changes we 're making to the platform, get their feedback, get their thoughts um, And sometimes we agree and sometimes we disagree, but I think just uh, bringing people along for that journey and help making them part of the story um, has been tremendously helpful in our own product development, our own communication, and I, I think that's probably a truism regardless of industry.
0: It's interesting, it's actually a lesson about personalities as well, because some people perhaps might prefer just that solution um, at the end and, and can't be bothered with that communication um, between getting the project and actually getting it done um, but a lot of personalities do do what that want that interaction it's important to um, understand what kind of personality your clients get and and, and, and make sure that you're, you're tailoring what you do towards them.
1: you know i think that's incredibly insightful because i'm i'm certainly of the personality that when working with my team it's kind of Come and tell me if there are problems. Come and tell me if there are issues. Otherwise, cool. That's what we're doing. Hmm. And um, let me know when it's done. And um, you know, I think that you know, it it can be a not only a narcissistic but a, a self-destructive in some cases approach to you know, working life and communications. Um, you know, there's a you know I used to joke with with friends at a certain agency that um uh, you know you know our client was not the same as their customer. Um, you know, and so we always need to make sure that we're, that we're creating work for the customer and not necessarily just for the clients. Um, and in that same fashion, um, you know, recognizing that the people we're working with um, aren't right the same way we are. And, and as you say, kind of figuring out how they like to work and, and how they like to be communicated with is, is you know, key.
0: Okay, um, well, moving on to... The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. (laughs) Ten quick questions, just two rules. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So, ready (laughs) to go? Absolutely. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising?
1: Oh... Oh, display.
0: Facebook or Google Sorry. Plus? Uh,
1: for us, Google Plus, probably everybody else Facebook.
0: <laughs> Online press releases or one-on-one relations?
1: One-on-one relations.
0: Paid search or SEO? Ooh, SEO. Email contact form or telephone number?
1: Telephone number.
0: Website or app? <laughs> <laughs> Website. <laughs> Social subscriber or email subscriber?
1: Email subscriber.
0: And local marketing or global marketing?
1: Oh, that depends so much. Can I say both? Depending, That's,
0: that's the one. That's very. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, and apart from that one, probably the one you struggled with most was website or app. And that was interesting. So do you have a lot of clients that are getting good business out of apps and perhaps using what you do in apps then as well?
1: You know, I I think that it depends. You know, if that's kind of a much like the last one, it like depends could be could be the the answer so much. But I think that, um, you know, there was such a trend. You know, the last you know, perhaps not the last couple of years, but certainly kind of the, the three four years before that, and maybe since the launch of the iPhone. Oh, you know, everybody needed an app. Didn't matter kind of what it was. You had to have an app. Um, you know, and the way that. When kind of looking at, at ideas and kind of things that you do that are, that are essentially kind of marketing, you know, we treated apps as, as marketing for, for a while, and and the thing there is, you know, you're kind of engaged, you know, either kind of to, to drive people towards a product or as an agency, to, you know, to help your, your client drive people towards a product. And if this is kind of the product, you know, you kind of want people just going straight to the product, but apps kind of became you know, this thing over here. So it was like getting someone's attention, getting them into the app in order to kind of get them to the product. And it kind of became, I think, a little bit self-defeating. And obviously there are success stories in there. You know, um, there was a campaign a few years back that Barclays did with the water slide, which was you know, quite effective and, and kind of well integrated. Um, you know, I mean, and everyone kind of remembers the Carling beer app that would kind of be a, a pint of beer that you drank as you tipped your iPhone on the side from, and it was one of the first ones that came out. Um, but I think that there's always this kind of, there's this creative tension between novelty and utility, you know, and if something's kind of novel, it's going to kind of get attention. If it's something that's kind of has utility then it's going to be useful and kind of the trick is kind of blending those two things as much as possible. And probably the best example of that, I think still is, has been Nike plus, um, where it's kind of kept that magic going. Um, I think that, you know, so many of the things that get done are just kind of novel and they're kind of these flash in the pan things that might get a lot of attention and, you know, and win the internet for a day. But do they kind of, kind of is you know, is there that return on investment, particularly with brands where you, you know, if they've got engaged a big agency and they're spending, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars building an app and then a few million dollars in media spends it and that sort of thing, you know, versus... You know, the, 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 one of the examples I keep coming back to is um, is the success of the Old Spice campaign. You know, the man your man could smell like, um, and I kind of remember reading this kind of um, uh, this kind of this piece at the time, which was kind of it intended to kind of provoke and was kind of being a little bit obtuse for the sake of it. But it was talking about how there was a you know a certain coupon that went into the market at the same time and. Um, that, you know, had a really good kind of redemption rate. And was it the commercial, you know, is that commercial really one that was going to promote people and or encourage people to actually go and buy this relatively ordinary deodorant? Um, you know, if you look at kind of what was kind of broader trends in time, you know, economic, economy slowing down, people becoming more spendthrift and all the rest of that, it kind of became a perfect storm. Um, and so, you know, I think that, you know, when you're looking at kind of website or app or, you know, whatever the next thing happens to be, um, you know, in the, here in the U S there's a podcast called serial that is, that has just been really popular in NPR. So, you know, now there's like, Oh, we've got to go find a a podcast sponsor. And, you know, I mean, aside from digital marketing radio, we should find some other punk podcast sponsor. (laughs) Um, and it's like that's kind of a a flash in the pan and everyone's going to be looking for the next serial. Um, it kind of defeats the point. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: it's it's it's. While you were saying that, I was also actually thinking about um, search engine optimization because that's a, a, a lot of my background. And um, ten plus years ago, it was a lot easier to rank for something. So mm-hmm. it would have been qu- certainly fairly easy to rank for something like, off the top of my head, UK travel. Um, mm-hmm. But um, that's not necessarily for mo- most businesses, even travel businesses, going to be a term that converts. Um, because someone is probably in browsing mode, then. So just because you can drive lots of traffic at your business or your website, your app, is not necessarily the right thing to do.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and that's where you know to go. Go back to the kind of testing that we do. Um, you know, sometimes we'll we'll kind of look at <clears throat> look at you know channels that might be driving a lot of traffic that but just simply not converting versus maybe kind of going to other channels that don't nearly drive as much. Um, but convert it at a much higher rate. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we want we want photographers to sign up, we want buyers to sign up, um, and whatever it helps us do that in the most effective fashion um, are the things that we're, that we're going to pursue. And it's very easy to get distracted by the bright, shiny object, and, and I'm as guilty of that as, as anybody. Um, but I think, you know, going back to something I said before, it kind of really just kind of goes back to what is that intent that we're trying to um, That we're trying to pursue and if we're hypothesis driven and we say okay we think that doing this will will have x y effect okay great we can test that you know we can put that into market for two weeks and we can learn very quickly um we're lucky that we're a small enough organization um that we can be quite nimble with the tests that that we do um you know some of some of the larger you know companies out there don't have that luxury
0: Hmm. Okay. Um well, let's just move on to the ten thousand dollar question. If I was to give you ten thousand dollars <laughs> and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend sure. it on and how would you measure success?
1: Certainly. Um you know, for for me this is a really easy one. Um you know, we kind of had the the opposite problem to a lot of companies right now, which is that um you know, I mean, content marketing has been the, you know, the, the go-to buzzword for the last kind of 12, 18 months. Um, and so companies have been scrambling to kind of create content, you know, and at image, brief, we kind of have the opposite problem. We have so much content that as someone who's, who, you know, part of my job is to make sure we use it really well. Um, you know, some days I wake up going, I have no bloody idea what to do with all of this stuff. Um, <laughs> So I would go and find myself an amazing content strategist who could come in and sit by my side for for a couple of days, kind of churn through it, give me a hundred ideas, and um, that I could then kind of work with my team to kind of uh, produce and execute. Um, I'm a big believer in in investing and kind of having a a trusted outside opinion that can kind of stick their nose in every now and then and say, "Mm, what if you did this? it's so hard kind of working in a business to step outside and work on the business. If you, if you get my meaning. Mm
0: -hmm. And do you find it easy to actually, um, distill the value of someone's advice to actually decide whether or not it is actually a good idea and worthwhile implementing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I think a lot of that comes back to the, the quality of the brief that they get given kind of initially. Um, you know, I think that in the, you know, when it comes to kind of creativity, at the end of the day it's it's going to be subjective the same way that the right image for a certain campaign or a certain client is is always going to be subjective um so i think that you know if you kind of get the right brief in place um then you're going to get a person's interpretation of that brief back then it just comes down to you know you know a certain preference that you know the person has blue eyes and they wanted someone with brown eyes Um, the flowers are purple, I was hoping for daisies, you know, it's, um, you know, there are always those kind of intangibles that, you know, we're getting better at at finding, you know, with our business, the longer we work with people, Um, but in any creative pursuit, you know, it's just going to come down to differences of opinion. Um, My
0: number one takeaway. Uh, slightly quick on the <laughs> on oh, the okay. thumb there, I'm afraid. But, um, no, uh, you, you've offered a, a lot of great advice. Um, I, th- I think that um, just about takes us toward, towards the end of our discussion. So, I mean, I mean what would you say summarizes um, the number one takeaway? What would you say the the number one step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Uh,
1: I would say the the number one thing would be just whatever you're doing, what, just Take it back to the consumer. Take it back to the person you're, you're trying to reach. Don't get worried about the hot platform of the day, the app, the, the buzzword, whatever, because there's going to be a new one tomorrow. You know, stay focused on your consumer. Keep, keep the voice of your customer kind of in your ear at all times. Um, and I think if you stay close to them, then you know, everything else will sort itself out.
0: Great. Okay, well, um, what's the best way for audience to find out more about you and what you do? Uh,
1: you know what? I'd uh, love it if they came and said hi on, on Twitter. I'm just at David Gillespie. Um, you can also go to davidgillespie.com and there's a bunch of links there. Um, so please come and say hello and um, tell me all the things you agree with, tell me all the things you disagree with. I, they're Welcome in equal measure.
0: Lovely. Okay, and I'll include um, notes to all of those links again on digitalmarketingradio.com. So, um, but anyway, no, thanks again. Thank you, David. And um, thank you, dear listener and dear watcher. Um, we'll catch up again soon. Digital Marketing Radio. Digital
1: Marketing Radio. Digital
0: Marketing Radio. Wave goodbye, David. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>